Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Tools. Um, delighted to have Sophie Jack based in Auckland in New Zealand. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And so if you have a, you, we'll, we'll get into this, but you have a podcast and you're known as sort of Sophie the Builder on Instagram. Um, and do you want to maybe start by just telling us, you know, your, your background, how you got into trades and what you're doing now? Yeah, so this year is um, my fourth year in my building apprenticeship. And before that, I was in the events industry as a audio visual engineer. So um, pretty much all the sound and lights and technical aspects for concerts and conferences. Um, I did that for about five years after high school. And I decided I needed a bit of a, a lifestyle change because the hours were pretty hectic. Um, so I, and at the same time, I became quite obsessed with tiny houses. So I thought, well, if I needed a bit of a, a change in career path, um, why not go into building and actually learn the fundamental skills so I could actually uh, build my own tiny house? So I kind of um, went down that path and haven't looked back since. Oh, cool. So the, the sort of hours was one thing. And then the, the time, talk me through the tiny house thing. Was that you wanted to build a tiny house to live in or? Yeah. So me and my partner are currently halfway through our build and it just, it kind of made sense in quite a few aspects um financial sense being kind of the key factor just with yeah. the Auckland house prices and that kind of thing and being able to build it ourselves brought down the cost even more um and both our families have a bit of land um on each other's properties so we thought why yeah. not um build a tiny house and yeah it's um halfway through but yeah it's going well what's the definition of a tiny house by the way what does that what does that actually mean um, so our one is defined as a tiny house on wheels. So it's on a uh, trailer. Yeah. It's on a trailer and we've made it so it's a road legal trailer. So it's got a warrant and rego and within the dimensions of legally being able to tow it with a vehicle. Um, so under a certain weight limit and sizing. So you don't have to have a pilot vehicle. Um, it is a um, depending on what area in New Zealand you are, um, defines the kind of the more the regulations around district councils and all that kind of stuff. It's right, still kind right. of an area of um, room for improvement with what the actual regulations are, but it's pretty much a, a studio apartment or an apartment size on a trailer. Um, so yes, full kitchen, full bathroom um, and lounge and more of a loft style bedroom, but yeah, yeah so that's yeah. what it is. Cool. And then so what in the process of, of looking at that and starting to build that you decided actually this would be a great job. Is that really what is that what happened? Yeah, so one of my friends at the time suggested I look into an apprenticeship because I was kind of already looking into doing like a woodworking night class or something and it kind of all just kind of a quick decision by the end of it. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, why not? I've got nothing to lose. Um, just go fully into it and then see if I like it. And yeah, so that was it. And did you have any reservations sort of coming from doing events to then moving into a trade business? Yeah, um, I had quite a lot of pushback from, it was kind of more of a 50-50 response. So half the people that I would say saying, I'm quitting the events industry and going into the construction industry, they were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool kind of thing. And then yeah. the other half was, oh, why are you doing that? Kind of thinking it's a downgrade in my career path. But 
the financial side of it, um, going into it, especially with the apprenticeship side, it was it was kind of a no-brainer with actually learning on the job. Um, yes, at the start, it was a bit of a pay cut, but that was something I was willing to do and back right. myself with that process. Um, and there was times where people had certain kind of hesitations of being me being a female in a male-dominated industry, but again, with the events industry, I was in the minority anyway, so being a pretty much mostly a female or a couple of females in my company or in the industry at the same time, it's kind of, I kind of already knew what it was going to be like because whenever I'd walk into the into a conference venue or a, a concert venue, everyone's thinking, oh, where's the audio engineer? Or, um, where is right, he? Right. And then I'd turn up and it's like, oh, that's me kind of thing. So it's, I, I was already prepared with that aspect. Um, so yeah, for me, I didn't think it was an issue. Um, but yeah, so still and, going. And, how, so. and, how, and how, how has that been that experience? So you talked that from, from doing it in the sort of um, from an audio visual perspective, how's that been being in, in building? Have you, has that been different? Uh, it's been different and quite similar at the same time. So the, the technical thinking has come in really handy lately, especially. So reading plans and knowing like when I was right. in the events industry and um, knowing signal flows and that kind of technical thinking has definitely come in handy with reading plans and even the math side of it I thought even in high school they always say oh you won't need Pythagoras theorem and all that kind of stuff but it's actually coming in handy it's it's a basic level of it but knowing that has definitely come um come in handy so yeah and and has it been difficult have you found it difficult being a woman in the trade you talked about that and about those sort of 50 percent what would you say to those people now you're sort of in it and, and doing the job yeah, I think it's definitely doable. Like even, I think I was even talking to one of the guys at, on site the other day. It's quite a lot of people think, oh, the strength is the main issue of not being able to lift timber yeah. or that kind of thing. But I'm actually finding being shorter than most people is more of an issue. But you've got ladders and with the like lifting things, it's always got uh, a few people on sites that you can always help out. And it's a building like you build up your strength with anything as you go on so I'm a lot stronger now compared to four years ago when I started and it's more of a site fitness rather than like a yeah I don't know, another type of strength but yeah but you always have teammates around you so nothing's ever like unmanageable or anything like that there's always yeah good teammates around you to help out when you need to yeah so it sounds like you had a pretty good experience which is good to good to hear yeah there's always the few odd comments that fly in from subbies on site, but nothing that's, um, I have heard of worse experiences and really, right. really off-putting experiences from other females in the community, um, especially in, even in New Zealand and overseas and Aussie and stuff. But I think from my experience, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and I saw I saw from your last podcast you'd sort of been working with Trade Up Co. and and um, some of those people and, and connecting with other sort of women's in trades, which feels like quite a global uh, phenomenon in terms of the level of connectivity socially between between those groups. Is there more you think that can be done to encourage more diversity into into trades and and get more people to see it as a as a viable career option? Yeah, I think definitely even at the basic level of um, having more. Um, like at the school level like I remember or I don't remember getting 
building or trades, being a plumber or an electrician advertised to me when I was in high school and leaving, yeah. getting ready to leave into the workforce. So I think even at that basic level of having that um, as an option that is promoted because financially it is um, compared to uni, um, it is another equal option and it's such a great career path. Yeah. So yeah. I think even over the last few years, the more of us females getting into it and even um, just building the community we have so far in the last few years, um, it's definitely growing and it's kind of, it's such a cool thing to be a part of as well. Um, just seeing that community grow and the more people that are in it, then it's not just like a, the the one-off female on site. It will be cool to when there's multiple females on site or yeah. more than just one. And it's kind of like, you know, of other females now on other sites that are all kind of by themselves. But when I first started, it was more like, oh, I don't know any females in yeah. where I work, but now it's, I know probably more than 50 now through social media and meetups and stuff like that. So it's really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, no, it's been great to see. And what do you say to those people sort of four years in, um, who had doubts about it what, what's the what have you learned from that experience in the last four years I think it's definitely pushed me um, with kind of what I'm capable of so even I was already quite strong-minded before but it's just solidified it in in that just yeah. being knowing myself a lot better with what um, physical and mental capabilities so building on site and just kind of even stepping into leadership roles now is um it's such um an empowering thing um and kind of going through and challenging myself with what do I know and kind of constantly pushing myself is is such a such a good feeling yeah right yeah, cool. And you're working for a for a, a family builder, not your family, as you as you rightly corrected me, but a, a family yeah. builder. How's that been? Talk me through the company and you know how that's been for the last last few years. Yeah, so I've been with this company almost two years now, and we specialize in uh, higher end residential renovations. Um, yeah. So the current project I'm on now is. Um, quite a cool one. There's a lot of details going into um, the extension and the outdoor um, areas. Um, so lots of in-situ concrete pours, um, fireplaces and some really cool yeah. designs. And the guys that are working with me, it's, yeah, it's definitely more like a family um, orientated vibe and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just really cool it's always with renovations, it's always kind of blending the old with the new. Um, yeah. So there's always surprises when you open up walls and um, figure out and tying in, um, tying in all the different details, which is really cool. Yeah, fantastic. And do you think, I, I guess one of the questions I would also have building on what you talked about around schools, which, which does seem to be um, the main issue, I mean, across the board, actually, in terms of providing that as a first choice career choice for people, what, looking back, if you you know when you were younger, do you think that would be an option you would have gone for if there was more education around that? Yeah, I think so. Because when we had career days and stuff, there was always um, kind of the defence forces and engineering side of things, and I was always kind of out of the box kind right. of thinking. Even with uh, audio engineering, that was definitely a not the typical. I was always doing 
something different compared to my peers and just yeah. even like materials tech and stuff I think they did potentially have like a tiny woodworking section of uh, like hard tech or whatever it's called yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't enough to be kind of a full scope of things and like hands-on so I know quite a few other schools that do full projects of um, like portable houses on site on their school um, I did go to an all-girls school so that probably kind of I wasn't exposed to as much as right. I could have been if That's it was a cold part of the problem. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it was. And I think definitely in that area, I, yeah, it can be done more even in female only schools um, that, it, yeah, it can be advertised more definitely. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, if you were talking to, you know, someone else like you, who was maybe, you know, eight years about to finish school, thinking about their career, haven't thought through what they want to do, and maybe they're thinking about the trades, what would you what would your advice be to those people? Yeah, I think definitely, first of all, don't rush into um, a university degree that you're unsure about or if it's someone else's idea thinking oh you should just go do this because um, yeah. it is a lot of money having a university um, student loan especially if it's um, yeah a four or five year degree um, yeah. some of my friends yeah. are still paying that off so it's it's not necessarily a um yeah, a decision that you want to be taking lightly. You do, even if you wanted to have a gap year and just do some um, laboring or even take a, a trade ready certificate. So even if it's like a six month or a year course, just to kind of dip your toes and just to see yeah. if it's something for you. But I think definitely um, figure out what trades you want as well if you are looking into the trades. So um there's so many different varieties of things. So you just kind of need to test out which one suits yeah. you better, but yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, cool. And then, you know, as a builder um, building right now, what are the, what are the main challenges you're, you're seeing here in New Zealand? Um, I think everyone's talking about the material shortages, um, yeah. especially with yeah. Gerb at the moment um, and Timber. I think it's starting to get back on track now, but only just. And I think the labour, um, having skilled workers is definitely um, an issue. Um, just, yeah, those two is kind of like, and everyone's not going overseas, so wanting to renovate or buy a new house. So I think it's yeah. kind of like a perfect storm at the moment with the construction industry. So I think if we if we can get more females into the industry, that's kind of um, kind of bridging that gap. And yeah, just yeah, with materials, yeah. it is what it is. But finding alternatives that we can use, then yeah, I think that's. Yeah, it just opens up other avenues of, of a whole talent pool, right, which has been untapped at the moment. And uh, and just for a small translation, but we have people listening in the UK and US, uh, jib is uh, otherwise known as drywall or plasterboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, and it was uh, it was a crazy... I hear it's improved here a bit, but there was a period of time where people were trying to buy it on the eBays of uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, which is quite, quite bad. And hard to imagine, actually, that would have been a thing, a thing, right, if you'd gone back two years and said, hey, we're going to oh, run out of... Yeah. Like those yeah, types of things you would never believe it yeah yeah it's kind of like the toilet paper crisis during lockdown is that, that was yeah it would be a good analogy actually crisis. yeah 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 it was like <laughs> that and, it's hard to do it. and as a builder that's pretty hard to finish a job right without that stuff uh, at the very yeah. end so uh, yeah yeah and and how are you how's the business managing that are you sort of having to review costing when you because your jobs are probably slightly more costly in advance more long term by nature has that been yeah. an issue 
Um, I think my boss is handling it pretty well. Um, and I think they just forecast um, quite a bit and have kind of flexibility with timelines and multiple jobs going at one yeah. time. So then if there is a delay on one site, then it can be adjusted and we move around um, where necessary and fill in with smaller jobs um, if we're delayed. But yeah, I think um, he handles it pretty well. We're always busy. So yeah. Yeah, cool. It's good to see. And then, you know, talk me through, you know, you've got a podcast, um, you've, you're pretty prevalent on Instagram, you're connecting with other people. What was the what what drove you to do that, particularly the podcast? What made you decide to get out there and do that stuff as well as the job? Yeah, so the podcast I was wanting to do for a wee while, but kind of had to build up my own confidence to put myself out there to do that. Um, yeah. But when I did finally, uh, finally kind of started I was wanting to have something kind of out on out in the world that can promote what it's really like being a female in the industry um and with tiny houses as well and because I my commute is I don't know some days up to two hours um to work so I well an hour there an hour home um and I myself really enjoy podcasts because it's I don't really read books so that's my time to um listen to a whole lot of different stuff so I thought and I at the time when I first started my um in my first year I was trying to find podcasts that I could listen to that I could actually um be seeing and hearing other people that I could relate with but there wasn't any I was searching into Spotify and nothing was coming up I think I've found a few more recently and now but I I could see that there wasn't anything where I was looking so I was like well I'm, yeah I'll have to do it myself then yeah fill the <laughs> so gap. That's, yeah that's pretty much it and how's that been how's that how's that experience been for you How have you approached it yeah, it's been really well um, received and anyone that I've talked to that has um, kind of in the um, lady trader community come up to me at certain events, they've actually um, really enjoyed it. And I'm quite surprised um, that I've got quite a lot of male followers as well listening yeah. to it. So that's really cool that um, they're wanting to listen to me and what I have to kind of share and express. Um, and I kind of approach it so if I've gone through a month or two of something that I've kind of realized or learned on site over the last couple of years, then I want to kind of bring that, um, yeah. bring that into the podcast to, to share what I've kind of discovered or um, learned. And so I can pass that on. I think it's a really good, I mean, like, I think we, um, partly why we do this is, is uh, one for people that are established to think about how they're running their business. Are there other things they should do? Here's some challenges from people that are doing it. But the other reason I think is your earlier point is for those sort of younger generation people that maybe are thinking, or even actually in some instances, people that have already had a career that are thinking about like, should I get into the trades? And actually there's nothing better than hearing the experiences and stories, good, bad, and ugly. And, you know, from people that are actually in there doing that. So, you know, what, cause one of the challenges is people often say, yep, I want to be a builder or plumber. And then they sort of do, you know, a day and go, no, actually I don't. And that's, you know, a hugely expensive waste of time for, lots of small companies right that don't don't need to hire those people so I do think it's a good way to encourage more people in and it feels like quite a global phenomenon as well do you find that you're connecting more with people in Australia UK US etc that are going through similar things um yeah Instagram 
yeah, definitely. Um, there's quite a lot of um, even American uh, ladies in construction that I'm connecting with and talking to. And even it's quite cool to like buildings unique in New Zealand in a way, but can even the measurements and how the Americans yeah. speak with their measurement style and how they build houses. It's quite cool to see what other countries are doing and how it is yeah. around the world and different, different types of um, practices around the world and that kind of thing. So I find it quite interesting um, yeah. filling that gap of knowledge and um, yeah, knowing what other people are doing and how they find things is, is really cool. Are there many other tiny houses in the, the US and places like that? Is there a, is that phenomena catching on? I guess it would be. Um, I see lots of those sort of movable, easy to build or pre-built houses are happening. Is that a pretty big phenomenon you've seen elsewhere in the world? Yeah. So again, that's a whole, uh, a definitely a growing industry um, for yeah. uh, builders as well as people wanting to live in tiny houses as a yeah. as a um, as a home. Um, and yes, definitely. I think even on um, New Zealand TV, there's um, tiny house programs and a very big following on people's YouTube channels as well. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely even even more so since COVID um, happening that people yeah. are trying to find um, better ways of living that they aren't stretching their budgets each week and actually having a, a secure house to live in that they know that they um, they can afford to live in it without the extra stress and hassle of having a massive mortgage or that kind of thing. It's, it's um, yeah, just another way of living. But yeah, I think it makes it's total sense. Growing. Yeah. yeah, 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 cool. And how is the tiny house coming along? Is it finished? No, not yet. No. It's um, halfway through. So we've completed the whole shell. We've got electrical in um, and we've kind of bits and pieces started on the inside it's quite hard balancing um yeah study, my next question work, yeah. yeah or like even just having a life as well and seeing my friends and family um it's it's a bit of a balancing act but yeah it's in the in the few hours on the weekend that I've spared then it's it's ticking along nicely yeah, friends, people I know who are builders get fed up, I think, with family and friends saying, oh, can you come and, come and quote or do this thing for me? And they're like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a day job. Um, yes, yeah. so I can imagine that is a, is a stretch. When do you think you'll finish it? Um, hopefully, I'd say in the next six months, maybe push it to a year. Everyone always, I always say, oh, I'll be done by Christmas. But that's, that's always every, every builder's time, that. Yeah, yeah, timeline. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, hopefully at the max in the next year. <laughs> and have you got, have you got better at doing it? Have you found through the apprenticeship and doing the work that you're doing elements of building that tiny house have got easier? Yeah, definitely. I think um, knowing what to worry about, what not to worry about, and yeah. where to look for the information. So I designed the tiny house myself and got it drawn up. Um, so it's not, I don't have architectural plans to um, kind of work off. So every detail I have to kind of work out as I go along. So yeah. now that I'm starting the inside, um, we kind of have a, a bit, of, it's an easy run kind of thing because it's, yeah. it's stock standard, but the outside and getting the actual structures together was quite hard and such a learning process for me and starting a building apprenticeship kind of almost at the same time within it, pretty much I started two years into my apprenticeship so I was still very green with my knowledge and my skills as well so it's probably starting it and the the workmanship has gotten better as well yeah, cool. so oh it's yeah. good to hear 
Great. Well, look, we always finish. This has been great. And it's really great to hear your your experience. I think especially as you're, you know, it sounds like you're working for a decent firm with um, some great experience and haven't been through that. And also to transition, there's a few, I've, I met someone, I think I spoke about this in the last podcast, who was a dentist. I think he moved across to, to get into the trades. It's really good to see that because I think one of the ways to grow that kind of talent shortage actually is to get the people that are probably fed up doing something else that want to change and maybe have had an itch to be, you know, uh, in the trades for a long time, just haven't really gone forward and done that. So it's good to see. And then, you know, we always finish on a few questions. Um, first one, I'm going to ask you, you know, if you weren't a builder, uh, which trade would you have picked or would you have picked another trade? Ooh. I think maybe a, a plumber. I think that would be quite cool. I know everyone's initial thought is um, it's it's not such a lovely job, but there's actually quite a lot of um, interesting aspects to the job. So I think a plumber, and they I think they get paid pretty well. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Apparently there was a I had a, someone from Australia on last week, and he was saying that the misnomer is that electricians earn the most, and apparently it's not true. So um, I don't know. We'll let that debate thrive out <laughs> on uh, on social media. And then you know, if you, if you had a a favourite type of building job apart from building tiny houses, because <laughs> I think that might be your first answer, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, I think currently it's it's um, I'm doing quite a lot of concrete work. So really um, like fireplaces and really interesting uh, in situ pores. So it's um, definitely a challenging aspect, but I think it, it's pushing me in the right way at the moment. So yeah. I think um, that would be quite cool to do a bit more of that. Cool. And last question, uh, well, last two questions. One is, do you have a sort of favourite lunch you would have your go-to lunch on a on a job? <laughs> um, currently, seeing it's been quite cold and still still in winter, I've been having um, like different um, soup mix or soup pretty much with um, pita pockets and uh, toasted sandwiches and stuff like that. So anything that's kind of warm. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's what I normally have. Cool. And then you know we talked to lots of different people anyone you've come across you think it's worth us worth having a conversation with it's interesting in the trades that you speak to mm -hmm. um i think maybe uh there's quite a lot of uh lady tradies out there but the first one that comes to mind is bex the builder so she's she's another um another really awesome um female in the trades doing some really cool stuff so yeah cool great well, so thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Really exciting to hear your journey. Um, also excited to hear how that tiny house goes. Uh, you have to share Thank some you. pictures with us when it's finished and so people know yeah. we're, we'll have to post it up there or something <laughs> to show people what it what it looks like. But yeah, great journey. Great to see that you're thriving in the in the trades. It's really good to see. Um, and appreciate you spending the time because I know obviously you're building a house, renovating someone else's house and uh, studying. So we appreciate you <laughs> squeezing us in. Um, no. So thanks. And yeah, we'll speak to you soon. And thanks for everyone else. And again, if you are interested in being a guest, or have any suggestions for us, please hit us up on the usual places. Otherwise, we'll speak to you next time. Cheers. See you. Thanks. So Thank bye. You. Bye. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review. And be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.